Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Your faithful God, 
awesome is your name. Somebody come on. You do my, you do glorious things. You're a faithful God. Awesome is your name. We give the glory, God. You do mighty things. You do you do glorious things. You're a faithful God. Awesome is your name. Awesome is your name. Your name is Yahweh. 
over the uh, like I do the songs. So here we go. Be 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 encouraged. This is powerful. This is powerful. Let's see this. Yeah, here it is. Urgent message for the bride. Rapture on the way. Got to get through the commercial, of course. You may be a journey. You may be a slave. God bless that you will be ready when you take it personal Hello everyone, welcome back to the channel. Share and subscribe, like this video, make sure you put your prayer request in the bottom. With everything that's happening today, what I'm about to tell you, I got a direct message through a dream that woke me up this morning. And I've been trying to write it all down to make sure that I get it correct. I knew why I saw a lot of people. Away, Lord. There's gonna be a lot of people attack me. Because the devil's not gonna want you to know, brothers and sisters. I saw. He's not going to. They'll attack me in the comments. They'll attack me from every direction. God's already told me. In that dream, I mean, I was told different things. I saw different things. But I, he had a direct message for his sheep. And we're going to, that's what we're going to do. I know there's a lot of stuff happening around the world. This is more important. With everything going on, he knows every one of us is struggling with what's happened to the Jewish what happened the other day, the advancing, that's why I saw what I saw. It was in vivid detail. I can almost tell you the colors, the, everything. Just like nothing I've ever seen. And I knew that I had to tell you after I woke. I remember every detail, everything that happened. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. A lot of questions we've always wondered through this dream that I had to woke me up. There's going to be a lot of people say, well, it's just a dream. You take it as you wish. But in a dream, I was told to tell the world. That's what I'm going to do. First of all, rapture. Amen. Not only did I build it the way I Now, first start, we're being pulled. The angels are escorted. Very nice and very beautiful. But they was taking us and they was putting something on us to protect us when we go up. I still had my memories. I was glowing. I was, you know, and I still had my personality. Uh, all that. But, you know, the flesh was gone. Uh, I was glowing. It was quite amazing. But before that, like I said, when we were being gathered, we was, was being gathered in different places. They put these on us, and a lot of people was worried. 
Are we being raptured? What's happening? I really didn't know what was going on. I knew what was going on, but some of the others was very nervous. They was very nervous. Now, this all happened very quick. And I was going to say, well, it's supposed to be in 21 hours. Well, it is. It's very quick how this stuff happened. Very fast. When it's all taking place. But we are protected going out by these escorts. And when we're going up, what I saw, I saw people crossing over to the other side into heaven. <laughs> and what I saw was probably the most amazing thing my eyes have ever seen. I saw in vivid detail people's families running to them the past. I saw their animals, their dogs, their cats, their birds. There's the answer to that question. I saw it. They was running right along with the people. And I mean, these people were running to their families that was crossing over. They was running like, I mean, it's possibly the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the Lord was telling me that everybody knows, that he knows everybody's hurting and everything, but the king of Jews is still on the throne and he's coming. And the rapture of the church is coming. So right now, don't be afraid. Oh, don't be afraid. Amen. Because the Messiah Hallelujah. And they will accept their Messiah. But Jesus is coming. Don't think he's not. The rapture of the church is happening. That dream that's going to be able to there's no rapture. But there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Just see some of what's coming. Yes. Yeah, they can believe all they want. It's not for them because they won't believe. God have mercy. But it is for those who believe. He wanted you to have it because he knows everybody's hurting and everybody's nervous about watching what's happening to the Jews. And they're seeing all these attacks. That's why I had it. That's why, I mean, I was basically told that in the dream. This is for you to know that he is, he is coming. And this is about to begin. Amen. And I just wanted to know, now, when we got, when I saw, when I got up to the top, there was these beautiful flags. One, it looked like, I, the best way I can describe it, it looked like the star of me. That's the best way it looked like. So I saw it, but it was in gold. It was like Jerusalem up there, but it was very, very beautiful. I don't, it wasn't exactly the way the Israel flag is, but it was. I'm trying to keep the echo away. I hope y'all can hear. I saw the saints was there, they was running towards people to greet them when they come in. It was a celebration. <laughs> people, this is getting ready to happen. Lord of God. But you needed to hear. Why we're not doing no update on this. This is what you needed to hear at this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Because I do believe what's about to happen tomorrow. 14th, I saw two days. Not coincidence, God showed me this today before. I knew I wasn't supposed to keep this to myself. I knew it, and I knew I'd probably be attacked. I listened to the Lord, not people. The devil, I know, does not want me to, because he don't want you to have hope. And I don't care. I'm going to tell you. Amen. I saw... Thank you. Beautiful thing I ever seen. 
We was in the clouds. It was, it was, I'm telling you. And I was talking to Jesus going up, and I was just smiling like I have never smiled in my life. I was like, I, I made it. Uh, man, I watched everybody's family members running to their oh. <laughs> The best thing I've ever seen. And that's what you guys are about to witness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know you've been through a lot down there. But, oh, my gosh, brothers and sisters, it's going to be worth it. Mm-mm-mm. Very soon. It's going to be so Yes. I can't wait to see every one of your faces. <laughs> because it's, there's no words to describe it. And I know Satan don't want me telling you. That's why I know I had to get it on here. I had to get it down in here. But this is getting ready to happen. This is the next event that takes place. The church will be, be, he will come and get the church, and they are leaving. The answer to that long question, is that going to happen, has been done. That he is coming to rescue the church. We all knew that. Everybody tried to convince everybody that it's not. Oh, it's coming. And a lot of people are going to be left. That's very sad because they're missing out on some of the greatest, the greatest thing they've ever, ever witnessed in their life. I saw people's loved ones just running to them, hugging them as soon as their feet touched into heaven. Their families was wrapped to them. <clears throat> and so was their animals. It was all with them. It was all coming. People, there's no worse to describe what I saw. I could taste it, smell it. I could feel the clouds go through me. It was real. It was the most realistic. And I knew it was from God. I knew even in it what I had to do. I had to tell you guys. He wanted you to know through everything that's happening right now. And thank you, Jesus, for it. As of right now, Israel surrounded on every corner. America does have boots on the ground. This is going to pull everybody in. You know what's coming. This is Jacob's trouble. And God wanted us to know what's going to fall. It's us going to, we're going home. Thank you, Lord. And I just so wanted to tell you all that you're getting ready to go home because you deserve it. You've been through hell and back here on this earth. And you deserve it. I know a lot of you are up in age and they're sick. Your bodies are falling apart. But I'm here to tell you, oh, you're about to get a new body like you have never seen. And you're going oh, right. Still going to be you. Still going to have your memory. All your bad memories are gone. You don't think like you did after I did not take the witness. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. There was, there's no, I've never felt happy before. There was, I've never felt. It. Now I didn't, I got to see everybody else, but before I got up there, I woke <laughs> God knows, I already know. I believe. I know the scripture. My job is to tell you guys. Amen. I hope this comforts you with everything that's about to take place. Thank you, Lord. Because it's going to be hard. I don't know how long we're going to be here during when all this stuff starts. I don't know. But I do know where we're going. And I've just told you what you're going to see when all this comes to pass and what you're going to feel. There is great times, and I want you to keep that in, in your heart. 
what you're going to see and how great it's going to be. I know you need this at this time, and that's why the Lord gave it to me. Jesus loves you. Trust in the blood of Jesus. If you want to see what I saw and you're not saved, trust in the blood of Jesus, Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Jesus died on the cross for you so you could go see what I just saw, so you could be with your family members and live forever. No more sickness, no more evil, no more nuclear weapons, no more wars, no more hungry people, no more homeless, no more babies being killed. Oh, what a glorious day. And that's for you. That's for you. He died on the cross for you. So you could have that forever. And all you got to do is believe what he did. He died and he was buried. He rose again on the third day. He is the only God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is the true God. And he is coming for the church. If I don't see or hear from you again, I'll see you again. Amen. Here's the link. Uh, well, I hope it don't seem like it. I hope it. Well, that's supposed to be the link. I guess, you, yeah, you can copy and paste it too, I think. Yeah, I'm sure you can. But he's, uh, it's a good, it's, like I said, it's a good YouTube channel. It's called uh, Global uh, Rapture Watchers. Global Rapture Watchers. And you'll see, you'll, you'll find the message, urgent message for the bride rapture is on its way. Um, brothers and sisters, it's absolutely amazing how vivid he's talking about this <laughs> event and what he saw. Did you hear the part about, I, I don't think I've heard anybody else talking about this, that they saw the loved ones running in meeting when you come over. When you tr- when you cross over, and then the other part uh, I heard him say too, talking about glorious day when we started our ministry and, and our mothers passed away. That was God's comforting that song from Crest, a Casting Crown about the time we're living and it was soon we all will see each other again because the Lord's coming for His church and bride. This prophetic. Uh, the stuff of God's word is coming to pass, and it will not stop. Amen. That's right. Loved ones in heaven already. That's right. Praise God. And uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is he talked about the angels, and he put a garment on. And I was thinking about it and thinking about it, and this came to me. It's like I say, God. Messages or revelation should be backed up by his word. And this is one of the first words the Lord gave me and Sister Brenda is Matthew 22, really at verse 2. But we go further down, and it says this. But when the king came in to see the dinner guests, he saw a man, this is Matthew 22, 11 to 13. He saw a man there who was not dressed appropriately in his wedding clothes. And he said, friend, how did you come in here without wearing the wedding clothes that were provided for you? 
And the man was speechless and without excuse. Then the king said to the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him into the darkness outside. In that place where the weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding the teeth over distress and anger. Could it be, brothers and sisters, the garments the angels give us is our wedding garments? Could be. I just sense that. Yeah, the parable of the wedding feast that it talks about a, a, a father giving his son a wedding and how the ones would not come and he went out to others. That others are us, brothers and sisters. The others are us. But anyway, I want to share that to encourage you. Glory to the Lord is exciting. Like I said, that's one of the most vivid dreams about the rapture I've ever heard. And the Lord brought it forth to say it's okay. And the car, yeah, garment of salvation, amen. Could be that too, sis, you're right. Praise God, the garment of salvation. Amen, very well. But we'll leave that in God's hand. We know that we receive because of believing and trusting Jesus and his shed blood. Well, praise God, that's exciting to know what the Lord is doing. And that's, you know, what I can share. I know Friday and then the next day, oh, my God. What a terrible thing that happened in Israel, isn't it? You know, it comes back to, again, the leadership, even Benjamin They're over there in the U.N. the week before trying to set up a peace treaty and divide the land of God, divide the city of God, the land that is his, that he gave to the Jewish people. He's not going to tolerate it. He will intervene. And that comes back to what he shared with us about Song 83. It's funny. As it says in Songs, they want the name and the nation of Israel gone. It's going to be turned around upon them. What they wish for the Jews will come upon all the ones that would follow the false god and think that... uh, They can overcome God's people and Almighty God? No, they will not. The Lord will intervene, and they will be gone. Their names are not even mentioned anymore. After Ezekiel, I mean, 38, 39, they're not mentioned. Lebanon's not mentioned. Syria's not mentioned. Jordan is not mentioned. Iraq is not mentioned. Gaza, West Bank, all of it gone. Because I think they could come against the living God. But the other side of it is, why did these kind of things happen? Did God take down his protection because of, like I said, the leadership trying to divide the land? Other thing you got to think about, I don't know if you knew the history of Pearl Harbor, but there was a uh, movie and document about that supposedly our intelligence knew about what the Japanese were going to do. And the leaders didn't take heed or, or do because they thought that they couldn't get the, uh, the, the, uh, the country into the war. 
So they let something like Pearl Harbor happen. Could this be what happened in Israel? Don't seem that way at all, but these days, it sort of has brought them all together, hasn't it? Sometimes we don't understand everything. It's just something to ponder, but God of mercy got to remember men are very evil, very deceptive, very corruptive. God of mercy, they're like wild animals, demonic beings to do some of the kind of things they did. But remember, all the ones that have been killed and slaughtered from babies to children to uh, regular uh, people and uh, grown-ups and old people, if they know Jesus, they'll be home with him. That's right. He won't. He won't, sis. He's going to intervene. And when he does, that's Jacob's trouble. And we're going. Because what the Lord showed us, he said, when you see major war start to happen, when I'm going to take out the, the inner ring of enemies of Israel, I'm coming for my church and bride. Well, that seems like it's getting confirmed every time, every, every minute's going by, as all the militaries are on the move everywhere. I'm telling you, this is no time not to be faith in Jesus. I can tell you that now. Because he's coming. He's coming to take his church and bride out of here before he will bring judgment in all who reject him and, and uh, believe in themselves or believe in their religion or believe in their leaders. God of mercy. You have to believe in the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I had a, I had a devotion from Brother David Wilkerson, who's at home but still gave us wisdom. And brother and sister, you know what the name of it was? It's very sobering, but very true. You know what the name of the of the uh, uh, devotion or the message was? What is the mother of all sin? The one that leads you or birth to all the others. You know what it is? Unbelief. And you know when you get into it, it's not talking about people who are lost sinners or uh, atheists or agnostic. No, no. The one that upset God more than anything is one through believers. And they don't believe who he is and what he's able to do. It is a place that we have to live like God has told us. Are we going to believe man? Are we going to believe God? Man will fail you. Man's controlled by the devil and the fallen angels if they're not believers. We as a body of Christ in this time need to believe and trust in Jesus. Amen? Well, that was a very sobering message anyway, for sure. I have it up at uh, uh, Facebook if you all want to check it out in my story. But glory to God that we can come together and celebrate. And let's pray and get started. Yes, that's what it is, sis. It is rejection of Jesus Christ as Savior. That's what unbelief is. It is honestly, truthfully, there's a visitation going on, and it's by the mighty Holy Spirit of God. And now it is not just for Israel and Jerusalem, but it's for the whole world. That in that place that they reject Christ, 
They trample under the blood of the Son of God, the blood that could wash away their sin and redeem them. The other part, they reject the spirit of grace, insult the spirit of Almighty God, and God will not tolerate it. As the, as the, uh, as the apostle Jude, the one speaking, and he gave an example that God delivered all the people out of Egypt. And he came up to the promised land. He told them, go possess it. And they would listen to man more than God. Did they make it in? No. Why? Because they didn't believe. They didn't trust. Now, thank and they died in the desert. Now, thank God, you know, that's not... Overall, he does that right now. But Brother David was talking about it. He's even more serious. Spiritually, it affects you. So it's very important to believe and trust in Jesus. And the message tonight, strengthen that. Living in the presence of God. That's what we need to be doing and we'll be sharing. All right, praise God. Like I said, the Lord is moving, the Spirit's moving. I mean, we had a wonderful, wonderful time at uh, at the church. Uh, to, I mean, Wednesday night, God's Spirit was amazing, and I'm telling you, there'll be the anointing of it because some of the songs that we that the Lord wanted me to sing will be singing here. Oh, His presence is going to overflow. It's going to overflow like a wave, a riding wave, and the wave right on into heaven of the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Praise you for this night. Praise you for your love, mercy, and grace. Praise you for your revelation that you reveal to us the truth of your word and your will, purpose, and plan. And, Lord, it's not going to be a place that we're cut off. God's spirit will reveal in the time that you come. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for everything. We praise you tonight that we focus on you. Focus on your word, that we pour out our hearts as we praise you, that we be not ashamed of you or your name, but stand strong, Lord. Father, we thank you, and that we can come together and pray for the nation of Israel, and pray for Jerusalem, pray for all the people, even the soldiers, Lord. Watch over and protect them. We pray for Song 91 over all of us, and Song 91 over all of your people in Israel. Lord, we pray. And thank you for the ministry that are there. Lord, that I, 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 the letter today heard to talk about sirens, talking about missiles close to them. Watch over and protect your children, Lord. We thank you who you are, Lord, and, and know that you're greater than anything of the enemy in this world, or greater than any weapon will not form against us, will not prosper. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We pray you comfort and give peace to the ones who've lost loved ones. And I pray they cry out to you, Lord. I pray they come to know you, Yeshua, HaMashiach. We thank you for being the Savior, the anointed in Christ. We pray now that we focus on you and give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Now, for the first song, uh, already got that one. All right, let's get to this one. Stop. <laughs> All right. 
And then here's the scripture. Listen to this. After you hear that uh, video and that dream, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2.7. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, to lift us up into the glory of his presence. Isn't that exciting? Because of his son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God is going to lift us into the glory of his presence. That day's coming, brothers and sisters. What a glorious day that's going to be. Praise the name of the Lord. It's exciting, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to get excited. How about, oh, the glory of your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. You are here, Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, the glory. Of your presence, we your temple give you reverence. So. Yeah. 
sometimes these kind of things the uh, governments and nations do. But anyway, uh, praise God, I've, I've heard some powerful testimonies of people, you know, sacrificing their life, you know, for like it says, it, it greater no uh, greater um, thing that someone does is but sacrifice for their brother or friend or family. Uh, the last one was a young uh, Jewish IDF soldier. When the thing mm-hmm. started to attack, there were seven guys in a uh, one of those kind of vehicles. I can't think of the name of it right now, but like a half track or, you know, like that. And they threw a grenade in there, and he laid on it. So the oh. others would not be, the others would not be uh, killed. And they, they, they made it safe. And his last words is, is that I gave everything I could for Israel and the people. Isn't that amazing? That was that's so wonderful. Yes. And uh, others, you know, other other tremendous uh, heroic things. But, of course, we know about all the other stuff. That's absolute demonic. That's absolute the things they did. Yeah. They yeah. talking about the Iran. Yes. Yes. And Iran, their our government gave six billion. I know. I know. Yeah. You're right, sis. Yeah. Yeah. It's all you know. Yeah. I told you at the start. You know, what he was over there. You know, trying to negotiate. He's not supposed to negotiate a peace treaty. They, they was already supposed to eradicate these people that were on their land. <laughs> you weren't supposed to appease them. How to tell you, I, I don't think all the people there, because I know there is some, you know, uh, 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 you know, Arab uh, Christians or even, you know, Gazan Christians, you know. Oh, is yeah, that, it's, your, it's your government. Yeah, the yeah but the, the, the e- Egypt, Egypt won't let one of them come into Egypt. Any of the refugees of their own kind of people, they won't let them come. You know why? Because they don't want them to come over there and slaughter Egyptians. Yeah. That's sort of thing about a lot of the type people there. I don't think all of them are that way. Yeah. Yeah. In every country in the world, there's always God's children there. Oh, amen. Amen, sir. And and that's what, you know, uh, one of the, the ministries we support called out, that the people from Jew to Arab to Hamas even would come and know that Yeshua. And Jesus is the Savior. And that's the truth. I mean, that's how powerful God's love is. All right, sis, I'm going to let you uh, get started on this worship and praise. Okay, okay, brother. All right, bless you. Whom shall I 
Sis is coming back in, Brother Andrew. I'm going to tell you about what else this brother saw. Uh, he's been shown that um, – let Sis get back in here. Praise you, Jesus. Hmm. All right. Well, I hope she can make it back in, boy. Make a way for Sister Nett to come back into the chat room. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. We truly do, Lord. Make a way for Sis or she can call back. And she can listen by phone. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, uh, this brother was shown uh, two dates, and uh, he didn't he didn't catch hold of the one that happened last Saturday, uh, the seventh of October. But he was shown, but he didn't understand it totally. And other watch men and women pointed out to him this was shown, this was told about the flood of the Ottawa, whatever the name of that mosque, was coming. And that uh, he missed it. But he said there's a second seven. And the second seven he was shown as some great event was tomorrow, the 14th. The other thing you need to know, there's a solar eclipse. And it's coming over good old Texas. Could that be bring? What could that be saying? Or what else is going to happen? It could be many things. It could be the uh, Isaiah 17:1, as Damascus becomes a ruinous heap of their massing armies and troops and equipment. Could Israel use a nuclear weapon? Very possible. Or it could be something else. How about us going home? That'd be exciting too. But be alert. Be understanding and know, fear not. Everything that we're going through, all the work we're facing, the Lord is with us. Our life is in his hand. And he said, he, you know, he's promised he's coming. He's coming for us. Let's believe and trust him. Well, I hope this is all right. Father, we pray you make a way for Sister Net to be able to come back into the chat room or by phone that she can call. Let me check in is anything at uh, uh, Facebook here real quick, brother. Let me check if she left anything, say anything at Facebook. There she comes. All right. She's making it down here. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. You're back. I was telling uh, Brother Andrew about this. Brother just shared about the urgent message for the church and brides. It's all right. All right. We'll say hi, Kim. Hello, Kim. Uh, bless you. Bless you and your family. Uh, anyway. He was shown two sevens, two sevens, one, the one that when they brought their attack called the flood of Ottawa Mosque or whatever, they think they're defending some building, you know. Anyway, that's sad. But anyway, he was shown, but he didn't, other watchmen and women had to tell him that you were shown this, but he didn't, but he, he didn't catch it. This next one, he knows it's something else. Oh, okay. 
anyway, um, that there's something else going to happen on the second seven. Well, the second seven is tomorrow, October 14th. One thing that's happening is will be a solar eclipse, and it'll be coming over Texas, and it should be around here, around 9 or 10, that we should be able to see it or part of it. But they usually are pointing something about the nations, the Gentile nations. But uh, the Lord showed it was going to be something big. Well, the thing that happened to Israel last uh, Saturday was pretty big. So what is the next thing that God's going to do? Could it be we going home tomorrow? Very possible. It could be. Or it could be something else that I was sharing before you came about uh, Isaiah 17, uh, that the mass has become a ruinous heap, the oldest city in the world, uh, because they're massing military and soldiers and everything there. Israel might believe that they need to strike. Could it be they strike Iran? Could it be uh, the Jeremiah prophecy of Elam where everything that, you know, they think of their nuclear plants and weapons and all, and a major earthquake comes and God destroys them all. Very possible. Anything. Anything in these days because God's prophetic word is coming to pass. So it's amazing. The days we live, but fear not, as the Lord is showing us in many words or songs, whom shall we fear? Fear not. Trust the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's right. But the, he said something the Lord showed him in uh, October 14th. Now he has this message right before October 14th, so it could be. It could be the Lord coming for us. Praise God. That'd be exciting, won't it? All right. Well, until then, we're going to have a message that the Lord uh, wants me to share tonight. It is about living in the presence of God, living in the presence of God and the examples of, uh, I think it's four men, mainly the message is, two examples. Uh, well, well, you got to count Adam and Eve in there too, excuse me. Adam and Eve, they're, they're there too. But there's others that, uh, ones who lived in God's presence and the ones who did not live in God's presence. And we'll get into that word. Oh, really? Oh, happy birthday to David. Praise God. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's good. I, I'm, 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 I'm sure it's a great event, sis, but I think there'll be something more than that. But, he, <laughs> but anyway, we'll leave it in God's hands. All right. Shalom, brothers and sisters. Mercy, grace, and love to you from God our Father, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and from the Holy Spirit who lives in you now. Amen? Who lives in you now. Brothers and sisters, for such a time as this, we need to seek the Lord more. We are to be in his presence more. This is so important. Look what happens when we don't. Right from the start of mankind, right from the start of the word of God, you are in righteousness. You are at peace and have hope in his presence. When temptation comes, you can overcome in his presence. Even if you stumble to get back in his presence, you have to repent and ask the Lord to forgive you and go his way and not your own. Back to what I was saying right from the start. Two examples. The fall of man. Genesis 3, 1 through 7, 
and you cannot even phantom how many three sevens we have been seeing lately. I just sense that this is telling us the Lord is near. The Lord is coming. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit than live in any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent, Satan, said to the woman, can it really be that God said? He's trying to put doubt. What he does, when he comes, trying to come against us. He's putting doubt, trying to put doubt into her mind. You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden. What in the world would you want to be talking to a serpent anyway? So I don't, I don't think you look like a, a snake. I just think that is a metaphor. Well, I mean, it's a description of his character. I think he was a shining one is what uh, a lot of people said. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden except the fruit from which the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. God said, well, that's not what he said. He he said, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat from it nor touch it. So you're not supposed to eat it. You're not even supposed to touch it. Otherwise, you will die. So it's not just touch. I mean, it was not just eat it nor touch it. Otherwise, you will die. Well, as far as I know, you have to pick it off the tree so you won't touch it before you eat it. But the the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. Who is he? He's not greater, more powerful than God. When God speaks, he speaks truth. He means what he says. For God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. That is, you will have greater awareness, and you shall be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. You know, brothers and sisters, that's the way we have to become through Christ. We have to become like our Savior and God. But the way he said, not our own way. And definitely not serpent or Satan's way. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be what? Desired. Uh-oh. You see what's getting in the way. In order to make one wise and insightful. Mm-mm-mm. Here's the first step. She took some of its fruit. Well, The Lord God, their father, said, do not eat from it nor touch it. Well, she's done one, one, broke that one, and then the next one, and ate it. Now, here it comes where God holds man responsible, Adam responsible. Here is this serpent coming in the garden, even shiny one, whatever it is, and here is the wife doing all the talking. What is Adam doing? 
<laughs> she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate. Uh-oh, uh-oh. He should have stood up. He should have been what God said you are able to do, have dominion. Then the eyes of the two of them were opened. That is, their awareness increased. And they knew that they were naked. And they fastened fig leaves together and made themselves covering. There they are. They're trying to cover up their sin and their new nature in their own strength. That's pretty well the same thing as we have religion and denomination and everything that man tried to do instead of God's way. So here at this time, who present were they in? The old crafty serpent, Satan. See, when you choose to do like Adam and Eve and listen to the devil or listen to your flesh, well, you're not in God's presence. And believe me, bad things happen. The worst thing for all of mankind happens, being out of God's presence of God, being out of the presence of God. Amen? Genesis 8 through 13, Genesis 3, 8 through 13, we continue. Well, after this bad episode, after, like I said, you try to do it yourself out of God's presence, here's what happens next. Genesis 3, 8 through 13. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool afternoon breeze of the day. Now, who would you think that is? That'd be our Savior. That'd be the Son of God, Jesus. So the man and his wife hid and kept themselves hidden from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, (laughs) here we go. The woman whom you gave to me, I mean, gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, oh, the serpent beguiled and deceived me, and I ate from the forbidden tree. Oh, there you go. The blame game, the blame game, I mean game, the blame game because of flesh and don't want to, you know, live up to it or uh, step up and, and tell the truth. The Lord said to them, what is this that you have done? The answer, disobeyed God and sinned. Now, 
they could not be in his presence no more. They couldn't be in the garden that God made them anymore either. God have mercy. When we choose the flesh and sin, you're not in God's presence anymore. You are separated from him. Look at the word of God. Genesis 4, 1 through 16. Then the Lord God said to Cain, where's Abel, your brother? And he lied. And he lied and said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Then the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's innocent blood is crying out to me from the ground for justice. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's shed blood from your hand. When you call the way to the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength. It will resist producing good crops for you. You shall be a fugitive and a vagabond. Hmm. Sort of like what it talks about in Amos about the people in Gaza. Roaming aimlessly on the earth in a perpetual exile, without a home in degraded outcast. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. This is punishment here in the world. They don't even know about what's going to happen in the future. Behold, You have driven me out this day from the face of the land and from your face present. I will be hidden, and I will be a fugitive, and aimless vagabond on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, sevenfold vengeance, that is, punishment seven times worse, shall be taken on him. By God, by me. And the Lord set a protective mark and sign on Cain so that no one who found found met him would kill him. Not a good thing. So Cain went away from the manifest presence of the Lord and lived in the land of Nod, wandering in the exile east of Eden. Oh, me. Help me, Lord. So Adam and Eve, not in the manifest presence of God, and now their son, Cain, is not in the manifest presence of the Lord, God have mercy. Because of their choices to disobey God in sin, they could not stay in his presence, amen? When we see this, when we see this, I am very thankful for repentance in our life that God made available to us. Therefore, I mean, excuse me, thankful for forgiveness and the blood of Jesus to wash away all our sins. Amen. I am thankful for God's word and promises that shows us how to walk in his presence if we stumble in sin. First John Chapter 1, 1 through 9. Glory to God. This is a message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announce to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness. 
and in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity to the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us, and we with him. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin and all its forms and manifestations. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. How much you need a Savior? How much do you need of the shed blood of Christ? If you say we have no sin, refuse to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves, and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our heart. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, He will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You want us in your presence and not separated from you. Help us understand tonight what it truly means to live in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see by these words, two accounts, from the beginning of man and woman, and how important it is to understand how to live in God's presence. Amen? What does presence mean? The state or fact or being present. As with others, personal appearance or bearing, especially of dignified or imposing kind. So clearly by this meaning that Jesus, like a great shepherd, we are all, his, all sheep gone astray and need so much the shepherding of Jesus in our lives now. Amen? John 10, 1 through 11, the parable of the good shepherd. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the sheepfold but climbs up from the, some other place on the stone wall, That one is a thief and robber. He doesn't come the right way. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And what does the shepherd do? The protector and provider. The protector and the provider. The doorkeeper opens the gate for this man, and the sheep hear his voice and pay attention to it. And knowing that they listen, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out to pasture. When he has brought all his own sheep outside, he walks on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice and recognize his call. They would never follow a stranger, but will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech, speech with them, but they did not understand what he was talking about. For us, we can understand. It's very clear, as the Holy Spirit revealed. 
Without the Spirit, you can't understand a lot of things that Christ says for sure, unless the Spirit reveals it. So Jesus said again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I am the door for the sheep leading to life. All who come before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders are thieves and robbers. But the true sheep do not hear them. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever. Glory to God. And will go in and out freely and find pasture, which is spiritual security. Glory to God. That's a good. Now, what about the other? What about what we just saw in Israel? The thief comes only to, in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what they were doing. You see who their real one they worship is? False God. And the one who's behind them all is the fallen one. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. Now that, brothers and sisters, is an imposing, dignified presence in our life. So now let's be still and know what Uh, that he is God, the great I am, amen? Let us now, let the Holy Spirit teach us and guide us into all truth about living in the presence of God. Brothers and sisters, this message has been different than all the others, for this one started much earlier than the others. This one is very important. This one is very serious. It was in the early morning of this time we are in now that I started this message that the Lord wanted me to learn and know for such a time as this, for each of you two listening, the message has the results of life and death. Being in the presence of God or being in the presence of the fallen one, Satan, for all eternity. This all hinges if we do and obey the Lord when we fall or stumble, it has to do with choosing our own will and way and not his. None of us are perfect as long as we live in his flesh. We do make wrong choices and even sin. But what do we do after we sin is the determination to be in the presence of God or not. As I started this message, I stopped thinking I would now go through the Word of God and learn more about the living presence of God. We will later, but now, we will later, but now the Lord wants us to see two more examples between leaders and the disciples of Christ. The difference of repenting and being self-righteous and no need to repent. The difference between being in the presence of God in the presence of Satan, in this life and the life to come. You see, there are only two choices, the living God or the fallen one Satan. No other choices. You will be in one 
you will be you will in one way or the other be influenced, controlled by God Almighty or Satan by our choices. Amen. Let's look at the four men from the Word of God, just like them. We have to choose with our own free will to love, to obey, and trust the Lord our God, or to follow our flesh, our own will, sin, and the devil. Let's look at these four men and see the choices they make. Two, who in the pride and self-righteous were sorry but never repented. With this choice, they could not be in the presence of God. For they were sinful and priceless. And when... And when And when you are like this, you can't be in the presence of God. You would just burn up from his holiness in this flesh. Then there are the other two men who did sin. Even one denied the Lord. But the difference is they chose to be humble and chose to do what God told them to do to be right with him. They repented. True remorseful repentance. They knew they had done wrong and sinned in front of a holy, righteous God. They knew in their heart to be back in his presence. They had to confess their sin and ask God forgive them of their sin. They knew when they did this from the heart, not just their lips, that they could come back in the presence of God. So the first two we will look at are, a, are King Saul and King David. Start off with Saul. First Samuel 13, 8 through 14. I'm going to drink. Oh, this gets bad because of his choices, not being in the presence of God. Now, Saul waited seven days according to the appointed time when Samuel had sent, but Samuel had not come to Gilgad. And the the people were scattering away from Saul. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering, which he was forbidden to do, As soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel finally came. Saul went out to meet and to welcome him. But Samuel said, what have you done, Saul? I mean, what have you done, Saul said. Since I saw that the people were scaring away from me and that you did not come within the appointed time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, Therefore, I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not asked for the Lord's favor by making supplication to him. So I forced myself, I forced myself to offer a burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For if you had obeyed the Lord, you would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man, David, after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as leader and ruler over his people, because you have not kept 
obeyed what the Lord commanded you. Mm. Lord of mercy. Oh, excuse me. Please help me. Otherwise, sleep is coming on. The shepherd before, uh, the chapter before, before was speaking about the people of Israel wanting an earthly king like all the other nations. They forgot they already had a king, the king of glory, the God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. So they all allowed it to pick up a, uh, to pick, they were all allowed to pick up a king. I mean, not pick up, but pick a king. Their choice was like most people choose it by sight and not what's in the heart of a person. Looks are surely not everything. God looks at the heart. Now, this temporal flesh, but what really makes a man or woman what is in their heart? This will determine your choice and decisions in your life. God sees the heart. He knows all our hearts. He knows who is saved and who is not. He knows who will repent and choose him or the ones who won't. He knows all things, amen? So the people of Israel, the elders chose Saul. Being a big, strong man, handsome man, the question is, what was in his heart? In these verses we just read, we start to see. He wants to do things his way and not obey the Lord God and do it his way. But when we do this, you will start not feeling his presence in your life. You will see if you continue on this path choosing to do it your own way, then you open the door to the violent one, the prideful one. You come into his presence into his spiritual darkness. God have mercy. Then it goes into Saul's disobedience. I'm not going to read all this because of time. It's going by pretty quick. Be fine. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I transgressed the command of the Lord in your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. I think we got that going on. Now, please pardon my sin and reduce, I mean, uh, return with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. As Samuel turned to go away, Saul grabbed the hem of his robe to stop him, and 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 it tore. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Mm -mm -mm. Both sisters, the pattern of Saul's life continues. He still is doing his way even though he has been told by the prophets of God how the Lord wants it done. Look at verse 25 and see that, that he saw tries to ask the prophet of God to forgive him. Now, please pardon my sin and return with me so that I may worship the Lord. Saul, I mean Samuel, even a prophet of God can't forgive him. The Pope can't forgive your sins. A priest can't forgive your sins. A pastor can't forgive your sins. Only God can forgive your sins. 
when we see we are to go to the only one who can forgive our sins because he took our sins on himself to wash them away from our lives in his precious blood. He is the only one who can forgive you, for he is the only righteous high priest, Savior, and Lord that was acceptable to our Creator and Father. Yeshua Jesus is his name, amen? No other name can anyone be saved by, but only the name of Yeshua Jesus. Glory to God in the highest. He has given us salvation. He has given us repentance in this life to live in his presence, amen? Now back to Saul with the kind of lifestyle. When Saul is not in the presence of God, he keeps choosing his own way, then comes into the presence of Satan. God have mercy. 1 Samuel 16 through 14. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Mm-mm-mm. Look who shows up. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and terrified him. Where did where did the uh, 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 where did the spirit come from? And the spirit of the Lord came from the Lord, tormented and terrified him. Saul's servant said to him, "Behold, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. God in mercy. Be very careful in your." choices in your life. You see, God is God of all, the living and the dead, the ones, uh, the ones who choose to do it their own way and say, I don't need a Savior. I am fine. I can handle this. Look what the Word of God said. The evil spirit that tormented Saul was from who? The Lord. You see, like, like the Father. I mean, excuse me. You see, like I said, if you do not want to be in his presence, then you're clearly open the door for the evil one and the evil spirits and demons in your life. So learn from Saul. Learn from God, the word of God. Listen and obey the Lord in your life. But when you stumble and sin, repent, turn away from your sin, ask the Lord to forgive you, and come back in his presence in your life. Amen? 1 Samuel 16, 12. So Jesse sent word, and he brought him in. Now, he had a ruddy complexion with beautiful eyes and handsome appearance. The Lord said to Samuel, Arise, anoint him, for for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed David in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came all uh, came mightily upon David from that day forward, and Saul arose and went to Ramah. I mean, uh, Ramah, or yeah, Ramah. I mean, Ramah. So again, for all who are listening and will listen in the archive, it is definitely a heart matter with God. Amen. So now David is king, and Lord has chosen after Saul's death, he comes to reign. This man was righteous and found favor before the Lord. He was anointed from the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. He had a heart toward God, even with all that we all, I mean, even with all that, we all, like even David, deal with his flesh. Amen. 
David, anointed king of Israel in the presence of God, has temptation come his way. Bathsheba, David's great sin. Then it, it, it happened in the spring at a time when the kings go out to battle that David sat with Joab and his servants with him and all fighting men of Israel, and they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rapha. I mean, Rapha, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his couch and was walking on the flat of the roof on his king's palace, and from there he saw a woman bathing, and she was very beautiful in appearance. David sent word and inquired about the woman. Someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, I mean, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? David sent messengers and took her. When she came to him, he laid with her, and when she was purified from her, Uncleanness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent word and told David, I am pregnant. You, brothers and sisters, and all out there, sin does not give pleasure to the flesh, but just like the flesh, it is temporal. Excuse me. Sin does give pleasure to the flesh, but just like the flesh, it is temporal. Sin leads to consequences even more sin, God have mercy. Again, the time, so I'm not going to read all this because David, uh, here he's pregnant, Bathsheba, and now he is setting up to get uh, Uriah, a good warrior, out of the way and make it like that he was uh, with his wife and having uh, and having a uh, uh, having a, uh, being pregnant and having a baby. Yeah, verse eleven. Uriah said to David, "The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in huts, temporal shelters, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are camp, camping in the open field. Should I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? By your life and the life of your soul, I will not do this thing." Then David said to Uriah, stay here today as well and tomorrow, and I will let you leave. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now David called him to dinner, and he ate and drank with him so that he made Uriah drunk. In the evening, he went out to lay on his bed with the servants of his Lord and still did not go down to his house. In the morning, the letter uh, David wrote a letter uh, in the morning. David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. He wrote the letter. Put Uriah in the front line of the heaviest fighting. Leave him so that he may be struck down and die. So it happened that as Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew the enemy's valiant men were positioned. And the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, and some of the people among the servants of David fell. Uriah the Hittite also died. Then Joab sent word and informed David all the servants of uh, all the events of the war. And he commanded the messenger, when you have finished reporting all the events of the war to the king, then if the king becomes angry and he says to you, why did you go so near to the city to fight? 
Did you not know that they would shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Amalek, the son of Jerubbaseth, Gideon? Was it not a woman who threw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thesbeth? Why did you go so near the wall? Then they shall say, your servant Uriah died is also dead. So the messenger left and came and told David, and Joab had sent him to report. The messenger said to David, the men indeed prevailed against and came out to us in the field, but were, but we were, uh, uh, but we were on them and pushed them as far as the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead. Your servant Uriah, uh, the Hittite, also dead. Then David said to the messenger, "Tell Joab this: Do not let this thing disturb you, or the sword devours." one side as well as the other. Strengthen your battle against the city and overthrow it, and so encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife Bathsheba heard that her husband Uriah was dead, she mourned for her husband. When the time of mourning was past, David sent word and had her brought to his house. She became wife and bore sons. But the thing that David had done with Bathsheba was evil in the sight of the Lord. Here goes, I mean, I mean, here God uses one of his prophets to reveal this to King David. Second Samuel 12, Nathan rebukes David. And the Lord said to Nathan, the prophet, to David, he came and said to him, they were two men in the city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had purchased and nourished, and grew, uh, grew it up together with him and his children. It ate his food, drank his cup, it laid in his arms, and was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler visitor came to the rich man, and the boy taking one of his own flock or herd, there you go, to a pair of meal for a traveler who had come to him, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it for his guest. Then David's anger burned intensely against the man and said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall make the restitution for the ewe lamb four times as much as a lamb was worth, because he did this thing and had no compassion. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man that says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you as king over Israel, and I spared you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and put your master's wife into your care and under your protection, and I gave you the house, royal dynasty of Israel, of Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have given you so much more, you given you much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? Have you struck down, you have struck down Uriah, the Hittite, with a sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife. He's saying David struck down or set it up, but he's saying he brings it on David. You have killed him 
with sword from the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will stir up evil against you from your own household, and I'll take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companions, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Indeed, you did it in secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and in broad daylight. So now the truth is out in the open. How will David respond to this? Let's look. Second Samuel twelve thirteen. David said to Nathan, Have I sinned against the Lord? And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has allowed your sin to pass without further punishment. You shall not die. David recognized that he sinned against the Lord. Now see this great song of David that he pours out to the Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to your greatness, your compassion blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness and guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I am conscious of my transgression and acknowledge them, my sin always before me. Against you and you alone I have sinned and done this which is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak your sinage and you're faultless in your judgment. I brought forth in the state of wickedness. In sin my mother conceived me, and from the beginning I too was sinful. Behold, your desire the truth in the innermost being. And in the hidden part of my heart, you will make me no wisdom. Purify with me, hossip, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness and be satisfied. Let the bones of which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit, steadfast spirit within me, the right and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I have a word about that. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Now, this, brothers and sisters, this is true remorseful repentance. Amen? Anytime you stumble or sin before the Lord, here is a real good guide to follow. Amen? One more thing. The Lord wants you to know, if you do not repent, what happens to your witness? You see, if you have sin in your life, if you think you don't have to repent, what kind of witness are you going to have? It won't be godly, one for sure. Look at the verse. What David says after his brokenness leading to repentance. Psalm 51, 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted and return to you. Very important to repent in our lives, to live in the presence of God and our witness for him. Amen? One more thing I need to point out to you in Psalm 51, verse 12. When David says, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. 
That will never happen in your life as a believer now. Jesus Christ told us that when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life by believing and trust, uh, trust me, he will be with you forever. Amen? By God's word. John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, and to be with you how long? Forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at the example the Lord wants you to know from the New Testament and from his own disciples, the closest ones to the Lord. We will look at two of his disciples, first Judas, the betrayer, and then Peter, the denier. John 6, 70 through 71, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose the 12 disciples, and yet one of you is the devil allied to Satan? Now he was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, the one of the 12 disciples, was about, was about to betray him. Judas calls, calls Judas a devil. The Amplified Bible, a ally of Satan, God have mercy. Hard to believe. He is in the presence of God, the great I am, our Lord and Savior. He walks with him. He learns from him. He sees all the good that he does. He sees the power of God in him. He sees the compassion and love he has for all the people, even him. It is hard to grasp sometimes, but we all have a free will as created children of God. Amen? We can choose to walk in the presence of God in our lives or choose our flesh and sin and walk with the devil. God have mercy. God have mercy. John 13, 2. It was supper. It was during supper when the devil had already put the thought of betraying Jesus into his heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son. When we sin, we open the door for Satan in our life. That is why it is so important to repent and get right with God, ASAP, amen? Like a child, when they do sin, and they are because they're sinful, or do something wrong, mess up or do something wrong, they try to hide it from their parents, or they'll hide themselves from their parents. But as believers don't do this, run to God, fall before him, repent so you can be in his presence. Amen? John 13, 21 through 27. Jesus predicts his betrayer. After Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, I surely must say, say to you, one of you will betray me and hand me over. The, the disciples being looking at one another, puzzled and disturbed, as whom he could mean. One of the disciples whom Jesus loved, it seemed, was leaning against Jesus' chest. So Simon Peter motioned to him, John, and quietly asked him to uh, ask, him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. Then leaning back against Jesus' chest, he, John, asked in private, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is the one who I am going to give this piece of bread after I have dipped it. So when he dipped the piece of bread into the dish, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. And as Judas took the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. 
Then Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly without delay. So we see that Judas had gone down the road of sin and destruction. Think what he was doing is the right thing. He is deceived by the devil, and Satan enters him. So now he is in the presence of Satan and not the Lord, God have mercy. I tr- the other thing I would tell you here, God is in total control. I believe when he said, what you are going to do, do quickly, he was telling Satan what to do. Satan can't just do what he wants. He, has, he, too, has the answer to his creator and almighty God. Thank God for this. Amen. So this leads to betraying Jesus. Judas betrays Jesus. While he was still speaking, a crowd came, and a man called Judas, one of the 12 disciples, was leading the way for them, and he approached Jesus to kiss him. And Luke 22:48 says, And Jesus said to him, Judas, Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Wow. Now, after he has done this wicked thing, after he had sinned, how does he respond? Matthew 27, 1 through 5. Judas' remorse. When it was morning, all the chief priests and elders of the people, Sanhedrin, Jewish high court, conferred together against Jesus, plotting how to put him to death. Because under Roman rule, They had no power to execute anyone. So they bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor of Judea, who had the authority to condemn prisoners to death. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was gripped with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They replied, what is that to us? See to that yourself. And throwing the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary, he left and went away and hanged him. He couldn't handle what he did. So he went the wrong way. The choices and results of Judah's choices led to destruction and death. Yes, the word of God said he was remorseful, that he felt bad about betraying innocent blood, but nowhere. And the word of God says he repented to God. God have mercy. Listen to this clearly. You want to live in your own presence? You want to reject the Savior and the Lord of glory, Yeshua Jesus? You want to live in the presence of Satan? Listen to the outcome of this man, Judas. Acts 1, verse 18. Now, Judas Iscariot acquired a peace of land and directly with the money paid him as reward to his treachery and fallen headlong. His body burst into the middle and all his intestines poured out. Not a pretty picture, is it? Know this and know it well. Sin is a very serious thing with God. He will not tolerate it and he hates it. Amen? Look what Paul says about being uh, sorrow and remorse, uh, but not truly repenting. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Therefore, since we have great, wonderful promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, completely, um, completing holiness, live a consecrated life, 
a life set apart for God's purpose in fear of God. Sounds like repentance to me. If anyone out there is telling you not to repent, is a liar and is telling lies in the pit of hell. I don't care what kind of title he or she has. Here is one of the greatest apostles of God says we need to. The word of God says we need to. When God tells us to do something, we better do it. Amen? I saw this and had to share this. Let's move on to the scripture I want to really share here. For uh, this first Corinthians 7, 8 through 10. For even though I did not grieve with you with my, I mean, did not grieve you with my letter, I do not regret. And now, although I did regret it, for I see the letter hurt you, though only for a little while, yet I am glad now, not because you were hurt and made sorry, but because you your sorrow led to repentance, and you turned back to God. For you felt a grief such as God meant you to feel, so that you might not suffer loss in anything on our account. For godly sorrow that is in is in accord with the will of God produces repentance without regret leading to salvation. But worldly sorrow, hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe produces death. So Paul tells us there is godly sorrow that leads to repentance and the hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe in this. Amen. Now, to our last example, Peter, the denier. John 13, 36-38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will be able to follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I assure you most fondly say to you, before the rooster crows, you will deny and completely disown me three times. Peter, a leader in the disciples, he walks with him and knows him. He is close to the Lord. The only one who stepped out of the boat to walk on the water by faith and go to Jesus. The one when Jesus asked, whom do you say that I am? He says, the Christ, the Son of God, the Son of the living God. Here he is told that he will deny him three times. I thought it was interesting, I mean interesting, and lining up with so important truth between Judas and Peter here. So Jesus prophesied this about Peter. And we all know what the Lord says will come to pass. Amen? Matthew 26. Peter, denial, 69 through 75. Now, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard, and the servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean, but he denied it before them all, saying, I didn't know what you're talking about, number one. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to the vicar, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again, he denied him with an oath. I did not know the man, number two. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, surely you're one of them too, for even your Galilean accent gives you away. Then he began to curse, that is, to invoke God's judgment on himself. 
and swear an oath. I do not know the man, number three. And at that moment, the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the prophetic words of Jesus when he had said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and whipped bitterly in repentance. So when Peter denies the Lord, whose presence is he in? His flesh. So now he needs to restore that fellowship and to be in his presence again. What does the man of God do? Peter remembered the prophetic words of Jesus when he had said before at Rooster Crows, you will die me three times. And he went out and went bitterly in repentance. So, brothers and sisters, this is the right thing to do, the right choice that Peter made. This would bring him back into the presence of God in his life. Amen? Now, I want to show you how much the Lord loves us. He restores Peter and shows them even if you deny me, you can repent and come back into my presence. John 21, 15, 6 through 17, the love motivation. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others with total commitment and devotion? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. With a deep personal affection as a close as for a close friend. Jesus said, Feed my lambs, number one. Again he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with total commitment and devotion? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you with a deep personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, Shepherd my sheep. Number two. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep personal affection for me or as a close, as for a close friend? Peter grieved that he'd asked him the third time, do you really love me with a deep personal affection as a close friend? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you with a deep a personal affection as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Three times. And that last part, brothers and sisters, is our ministry at our church, to feed the sheep of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So three times Peter denied the Lord, and three times the Lord asked him, do you love me, Peter? He did this in reconciling Peter and let him know he was forgiven. And he would serve him and witness for him. The Lord even tells Peter he will die for him. Amen. So by the word of God, by the examples of these men's life and their only two choices for our life, we can choose to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul. We can choose to walk in his presence by being humble, obedient children, obedient child and servant. Or we can choose to walk in the presence of our flesh and sin. That opens the door to walk in the presence of the devil. God have mercy. So like Joshua was asking the Israelites, who do you choose to serve? For me in my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Amen. To finish the study, you have to know we are talking about not only in this life, but the life to come. Do you want to live in the presence of God in heaven or choose Satan 
and reject Christ that leads to second death and living in the presence of Satan that hates you very much. Please, I ask you from my heart, choose wisely. For every one of us have to make the decision for our life now, as long as we have breath. After that, it is too late. If you do not choose Christ, the word of God says it's appointed to man to die, then judgment. God have mercy. So let's look at the eternal consequences for whose presence you walk in in your life now. First, the ones who walk in the presence of their flesh, sin, and the devil himself. Revelation 21.8. But as for the cowards and the unbelieving, the abominable who are devoid of character and personal integrity, practice or tolerate immorality, and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs. Hmm, pharmacia. Idolaters, that means worship of self or other people or whatever, statues or whatever. Occultists or the devil who practice and teach false religion and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth Their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Everybody thinks the physical death is horrible. You have not seen anything yet. The second death will be for all eternity. No ending. God have mercy. How do you grasp that? I pray that anyone here in this message tonight and in the archives does not have to grasp that. Amen. Now the good news, oh, glory to God. For the ones who love the Lord, who obey him, who humble themselves and repent when they sin, ones who heart and desire is to serve the Lord well and want to be with him for all eternity. Listen to this. Revelation 21, 1 through 7. The new heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Then I saw the new heaven and earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, vanished. There is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed like a bride adorned for her husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the tabernacle of God is among men, and, and he will live among them, and they will be his People and God himself will be be with them as their God. And he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be death. And there will no longer be no sorrow or anguish or crying or pain, for the former order of things have passed away. He who sits on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Also he said, Right, for these words are faithful and true. They are accurate, incorruptible, and trustworthy. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give water from the fountain of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes the word by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things, and I will be his God and he will be my son or daughter. The last scripture that is re- real living in the presence of God, amen, let me say one more time. He who overcomes the world, 
by adhering faithfully to Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior will inherit these things. And I will be his God, and he will be my son or daughter. Amen forever. Thank you, Jesus. Presence. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm, I'm looking into, you know, getting help, getting like a tractor to move there. It's oh, excuse me. So uh, I'll, I'll make an announcement as soon as I know exactly when and how we can do it. I'm sure. I don't know what in the world that was coming up for. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. In your presence, oh God. Amen. And I know me the raw. Amen. The can burn me in the presence of God in your presence that's where I am strong in your presence oh Lord my God in your presence that's where I belong seeking your faith Touching your grave in the cliff of the rock in your presence, O oh God. Amen. I want to hide where the flood of evil cannot reach me. Where I'm covered by the blood To see the seeds of darkness cannot touch me In your presence, oh God In your presence where I am strong in your presence, oh Lord my God, in your presence, that's where I belong, seeking your faith, touching your grace. In the cliff of the rock, in your presence, O oh God, Amen. you are 
I trust in you all day long. I'm child and servant, and you are my strength and my song. You're my song. Your presence, that's where I am strong. In your presence, oh Lord my God, in your presence, that's where I belong, seeking your faith. Touching your grace in the cliff of the rock. Hallelujah. In your presence, O God. In your faith. Touching your grace. In the cliff of the rock, in your presence, O God, amen, in your presence, in your presence, in your presence. In your presence, in your presence, in your presence, oh God, presence, oh God, amen, hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord, in your presence, O oh Lord. In presence we worship you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Be in your presence, fullness of joy, presence. Righteous. In your presence, presence, amen, amen. hallelujah, Lord again, your presence, that's where I am strong, in your presence, Oh, Lord, my God, in your presence, that's where I belong, seeking your faith, touching your grace.
in the cliff of the rock, in your presence, oh God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. To live in his presence. Hallelujah. And in it, part of it is trust in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to do this. You're in. Amen. This is mine. He's been put forth many in the fire. Time after time. Born of his spirit. Hallelujah. Washed in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Amen. Fix a mission. Amen. All is at rest. Glory to God. I know the author of tomorrow has ordered my steps. Amen. So this is my story. This is my song. Praising the risen King and Savior all day long. Amen. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never he would never fail. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord. 
and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. Sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. My Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Amen. Amen. Well, the time's getting short, brothers and sisters, so we got to get in prayer. We cut that short, but it, there's plenty of it to tell you that we trust the Lord because he'll never fail us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he's not going to fail us in the time we're living now. All right. We've got to get to the prayer twist. There's many, there's many trials and tests of believers going through. Actually, brothers and sisters, we have at least two people in our church that had to go to jail. And one's getting out, praise God, and another one just got in. But we're believing the Lord will deliver. We think this is injustice, and this is like someone putting, you know, a stool pigeon or something from some old stuff and that we believe God will clear it up. But anyway, we have the prayers. Um, Sis Connie's not here again, but we pray for uh, Sis Connie for God's blessing and provision. We pray for the, the D.C. guy and his ministry and Minging Expedition. We ain't seen him again, I, you know, everything, but we was praying for that. We're praying for Shannon and has victory over the father and Logan uh, is okay and stays where he's supposed to stay and everything like it is. Uh, we prayed for the others there. I know he's praying for Sis, uh, Sis Jeanette about her, uh, I think it was high blood pressure and cholesterol. We're praying that the, the uh, high blood pressure has gone down. Now we're praying for the cholesterol. Sis, any update on that? We had a rash of um, people that needing something about uh, – Hearts, and when we was having praise at, at, at church at Calvary Fellowship, I saw the Lord put His hand on these three people's hearts. So we're believing and knowing that God has touched Tim's heart, Anthony's heart, and Alan's heart. 
uh, we're praying for Ashley about facing chemo. And we're praying for her healing that she don't face the way that men do things. But trust God and understand you got to pray against the spirit of cancer, too, in Jesus' name. We're praying for Nina, for eyesight. God can do that. We have our sister Cindy with allergies. That's been a battle that we pray that the Lord helps her there. We continue to pray for Calvary Fellowship for wisdom and direction and God's provision and direction. We're praying for Medisa, surgery. We're praying for healing. Again, we're praying for Tim and Sandra. They go through this trial where he he's in jail, and now Sandra's by herself with her girls, but we're there for her. Amen. Yes. Yes, this, that is true. Of course, we're praying for uh, uh, we're praying for another lady having a hard time named Hannah and her children needing a place to stay and that she would receive what God's providing and humble herself. Of course, we pray for the nation of Israel and all that they've gone through, right? Praise God. Let's go to prayer so sis can get here and sing that last song. Not taking it lightly, but this is important in these days, and God is pouring out his spirit. The Lord is doing mighty things in the lives of his children. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and praise you as, as we were praying, and I saw the vision of you laying your hand upon Tim's heart, our brother Anthony's heart, and brother Allen's heart. We pray for healing. We thank you, Lord, that you were new and strengthened our hearts as you did, Brother Elvis. Lord, we pray for Ashley. We pray against the spirit of cancer. We pray this cancer to go in the name of Jesus and that she don't have to face chemo and radiation. Man's way. Yours ways is much better, Lord, and doesn't cost as much as all that does. We pray for Nina, Lord. We pray that you would open her eyes and that she can see. Lord, you're able to open the blind eyes. We pray that you do in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for Cindy. Father, we pray for a sister, Cindy, that you would take care of her allergies. Lord, you would clear them up and that she would be able to breathe freely and not cough in the name of Jesus. Lord, we continue to pray for Calvary Fellowship. Lord, we ask for your direction, your wisdom, your guidance, your provision, your protection. We pray for Medisa, that she was going to surgery. Pray for healing in the name of Jesus. Again, we pray for Tim and Sandra, and we pray for their daughters, Faye and Lord help me. I can't think of her name right now. It starts with a K. Make way, Lord. Uh, hang on. Brendan knows. Just a second. And we pray for Kenzie, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and that you would lift them up and strengthen them and watch over provide for them, and make a way for Tim to come out of that place in Jesus' name, as you did Peter. Father, we pray for Hannah and her children. Father, we pray that she would take heed, and she know that as important it is to be a mother and to be who you've called her to be and trust you. And that as God, you make a way for provision 
that she would accept it and be still and know that you're God. We pray blessings between her son Kirsten, Kirsten, I think, Kristen, Kristen, excuse me, and Winery. Lift them up as you've got a, I mean, you've got a, a, a ministry anointing on Winery for praying. That's neat, Lord. Let it grow. Father, we pray for Sister Nat, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that the uh, blood test will come out normal and how that you're able to touch her and heal her in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for uh, um, we pray for Sh- Shannon and Logan that you watch over and protect them and then victory and settle this thing in Jesus' name and that uh, able this to be over and that they can move on. That thing would be the father of this child would come to Jesus. But we pray in the name of Jesus. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for Shannon and uh, uh, traveling mercies and the angels of God to watch over and protect her in the car, Lord, and that she will have a good trip and have a good fellowship in this uh, baby shower uh, for the daughter-in-law. Praise God. All the blessings of these children. Lord, it's amazing. Thank you, Father. We praise you for everything. We thank you, Lord. You have shown us the examples of living in the, your presence and the others who didn't. That gives us a good gauge that we want to live in your presence. And praise God, when you take us, we'll be living in your presence forever and we'll have to deal with it no more. But praise God until then, Lord, you're with us. You have not uh, leave us or forsake us. You have given you your Holy Spirit to comfort and guide us and admonish us and teach us and sealed until the day of redemption. We thank you and praise you for your love most of all, Lord. We give all the glory and praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we'll, okay, you're going. We pray for Sister Jeanette uh, being with uh, Shannon and Jeanette and the kids in the name of Jesus, Father. We just pray in the name of Jesus that you be with them and they have good fellowship and be a light and a witness to anybody that needs to know about Jesus and know that he's coming. It's an opportunity for all of us, brothers and sisters, because um, we have what's going on, and it's in the Word of God. Did you know there's a lot about Gaza in Amos, chapter 1, 1 through 6? Wow, I was amazed. And all the other areas are everybody that's involved in this. God is getting ready to show up, and he's going to show out. Oh, Lord. His word's going to come to pass, even from the ancient prophets. It's going to come to pass. Hallelujah to the Lord. All right, sis, let you come and finish up tonight with that beautiful song of where we are to be safe in. Hide me in the shelter. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Amen, sis. Amen, brother. All right. I'll let you get right to it, okay? (laughs) Okay, brother. All right. I don't think it'll cut you off. I think we got some of these. (laughs) 
Here in the sacred place of your home, I will wait on you, O Lord, my God and King. Here in the holiest of all, you domineer with love to burn on for the sake of knowing you, my God and King. Hide me in the shelter of your love, deep in the center of your heart, my Lord, I want to know you more. And keep me in the shadow of your wings, safe in the secret place of holiness, Come, I need you more and more. Under the shadow of your wings, here in the secret place of your holiness, I will wait on you, O Lord, my God and King. Here in the holiest of all, you domineer with love to abandon for the sake of knowing you, my God and King. Hide me in the shelter of your love, deep in the center of your heart, my Lord, I want to know you more. And me in the shadow of your wings, safe in the secret place of holiness. Oh, I need you more and more and more and more. Hide me and keep me, oh Lord, safe in the secret place. Safe in the secret place, hide me and keep me, O Lord. Safe in the secret place, safe in the Under the shadow of your wings, here in the sacred place of your home, I will wait on you, O Lord, my God and King. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, sis. That's that's Psalm 91. We need to proclaim it. Amen. Believe it and uh, proclaim it Amen. the days we live. For sure. For all of us and even for the nation of Israel. Well, praise God, sis. Um, you know where that, uh, uh, that reference is to the word for the garment salvation? I know it's Isaiah. Wow. It's, it's, garment of salvation. I think it's... Uh... 
Isaiah 60 or 61, something like that. Okay, I'll find it. Because I'm going to care about that because, yeah, that makes sense that it could be the garment. That's even more important than the, uh, I mean, uh, well, the wedding garment. You can't come in without the wedding garment. Definitely can't uh, have the garment of salvation. It's interesting talking about the the angels are putting something on us. But, you know, like I said, one of the most vivid, uh, uh, vivid, uh, rapture dreams I've ever heard, so clear. And it, it's almost like the Lord is comforting us that it's okay. It's okay, I'm coming. Don't, you know, do fear not, for the Lord God is with you. And yes, I, I think it's uh, Isaiah 61 10. I delight greatly in the Lord, my soul, rejoices in my God, for he has filled me with garments of salvation, arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Amen. That's it. Thank you, Seth. Thank you very much. All right. Well, bless you, sister. Thank God for you and Brother Andrew. We hope the best for Sister Connie. I hope she's okay. But in Amen. these days, you know, just pray for people. We're all in God's hands. We're his children. So we trust Amen. him. It looks like we have been raised up for such a time as this to see him come and take us home. What a exciting day Woo-hoo. that will be. Hallelujah. <laughs> exciting. All right, sis. Well, you have a safe and good trip. Be alert. You know, be wise out there with what's going on that God's watching over you with his angels. And y'all yeah, will be I fine know. and before. a great time. Yes, I know. Amen. Thank All you, right. Jesus. Thank, thank you, we you, love brother. Y'all. We love and, you. Uh, thank you for love serving you. the Lord. Brendan and brother and you yes. and shalom and good night. Amen. To you too. Bye-bye. Shalom, good night. Bye-bye. All right, Brother Andrew, praise God. You you hang in there, too. I don't, you know, what kind of crazy people, you know, that uh, get caught up in uh, in this stuff and think that these people are so great, but they're terrible. But anyway, uh, God, you know, you know, watch over you, too, and your family and, and exciting. Keep looking up because Jesus is coming and that we pray that we all, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, live in his presence. Amen. All right. Bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Shalom to all. Good night.